We laugh. We cry. We learn. But really, what doesn't kill you makes you better at managing clients and everyone. I'm Morgan Friedman, and this is Client Horror Stories. Hey, everyone. Thank you for uh, watching the latest edition of Client Horror Stories. And I'm honored to have the one and only Will Rico with me today. I don't know the story that he's going to tell me, but he just said it is indelible, which I which makes me doubly excited to hear. Welcome to our podcast. Well, oh, thank you, Morgan. It's always such a pleasure to chat with you. And so uh, yeah, I learned so much and it's entertaining. So hopefully I have I, a good story to share. <laughs> I, try, I try to mix uh, uh, learning, uh, learning and entertainment. There's, a, there's actually a Cicero quote that the best way to learn is through, is through entertainment. But I forget right. the Latin. The, my Latin is fading from my mind. <laughs> but um, but let's let's jump right in right into your horror, your indelible horror story. Yeah. What what happened? Well, all right. So um, yeah, when you approached me with uh, talking about a client horror story, I just started to get the the wheels turning in my mind, and I was trying to think. Uh, I mean, the story immediately came to me because it was a big part of my mm -hmm. life. And I've been trying to recollect the story the last few days for myself. So I'd be prepared to share it with you here today. And I think one thing that's interesting for me is in my mind, like this is like a three-year story. <laughs> Uh, and I, but I actually went back and I was looking at wow. like my notes and my records and I was like, oh my God, like this is actually like a nine year story. <laughs> uh, this goes all the way back to 2001, if you can believe that. Uh, and I, so I have to even like think about, well, in 2001, like where was I and what I was doing? And, and so right, my right. agency you know, common mind, we're, mm -hmm. we're a digital marketing agency, but back in 2001, we actually uh, existed and um, we were more of a, a web development and IT type company. Um, and, yes. and so our agency has been around for quite some time in a few different, you know, uh, permutations and just kind of, you know, starts and false starts and steps backwards, etc. Uh, but in 2001, um, I was in this period of having um, failed at, at starting a dot-com company that became a dot-bomb company. And, and just with the kind of remnants of that business, just trying to do whatever I could to make money. <laughs> So that would be like building websites for other businesses. We were, we would do anything though. We built like Microsoft access databases. We would go to people's wow. offices. And, yes. <laughs> uh, go to people's offices in Manhattan and we would be running wires and, you know, ethernet cables. There wasn't wow. Wi-Fi back then and networking computers. And so I had a very like, I, I kind of came from this like, this dot-com experience where we had like a specific idea to, yes. okay, now we need to make some money. We have like debt, um, which what, you know, to me, it was like a, a ton of debt. It was like, I think it was like $30,000, but it wasn't in retrospect, you know, like the end of the world, but I was just trying to do whatever I could to, um, to just like, you know, make money. And, I, and my, my thought or lack of thought was that eventually we'd kind of slot into a particular service area and we would just sort of organically grow. Um, but, you know, the one of the mistakes then was just kind of doing so many different things and not saying no to anything. Um, so uh, kind of, um, you know, kind of thinking back you know, to that time frame, just to set up the context of how this client situation came, you know, came about. <laughs> but by the way, we want to interrupt for a second. Yeah. One general comment is I'm a big fan of niche focused, targeted companies. Mm -hmm. And what I hadn't realized until you said it is if you're not even you're a generalist, you're more likely to have client horror stories. Mm. If only because you're doing a little bit of everything, you won't really master 
the art of one nor the art of managing that particular type of client. Exactly. So, so, so I, I didn't realize that, but this is, this is a good meta observation. about Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. And I think, you know, there's that, you know, that technical capability, which, you know, I feel we probably, we, we did have, it was more like, how do you manage those types and of yes. clients? Exactly. You know, managing, exactly. building a website is different than managing installing a computer network. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you, I mean, it, it's kind of almost humorous in retrospect because there would be days where I'd like block out time to work on some like website and I'd get a phone call from someone on the other side of Manhattan who like uh, their computer wasn't connecting to the network. And I'd literally have to like get up, go over there and like plug the ethernet wire back in <laughs> and come back to my office. So yeah, so yeah, definitely uh, just knowing how to manage that was was something I, I lacked. Um, and I, just like, again, like context, I think in, so in 2001, I think I was like 27 or so uh, years old, if I'm doing the math right on my age. And um, so yeah, oh, 20, yes, yeah, 27. So. So I was renting office space from my first boss uh, when I was in high school. And in high school, I used to um, I used to assemble computers and this like kind of really eccentric computer store that was by appointment only. It didn't have a storefront. You'd have to know about it and like take the elevator up the building and the guy who ran uh, the computer store, like he was very eccentric and, you know, fiery. And, uh, you know, we did everything. It wasn't just built assembling computers. A lot of it was like cleaning the office, like vacuuming, uh, getting like lunch and all that sort of stuff. And it was kind of all intertwined with lots of yelling and screaming. <laughs> So like, you know, he was either yelling and screaming at us, meaning like kind of the kids who did everything, or he was like yelling and screaming at the vendors from whom he would like be buying computer parts. Um, and uh, I mean, it, it was it was kind it was kind of like exciting and comical, um, but also like, you know, stressful. And so uh, like, you know, if we would go pick up lunch at like McDonald's or something. And if, if it was actually Roy Rogers back then, and we had to ask for, I remember Rogers. <laughs> exactly. We had to ask for an empty coffee cup. Um, and then supposed to go over to the ketchup, this counter and like pump the full coffee cup full of ketchup <laughs> because he would like to dunk his fries it wasn't good enough. Like you didn't want the little thing. And then if you didn't do that, like, you know, like you'd get like, you know, screamed at and et cetera. But, um, and, and it, it's kind of, so fast forward, that's high school. This is like, you know, 10 years after high school, I'm renting office space from this guy. And like my colleagues at the time, they all hated him you know, because he was like very nosy, very intrusive, like very, uh, you know, just abrasive. Um, you know, I knew him and I could like, you know, you know, we had a, a history, a relationship, so it wasn't quite so bad, but he could be, it was also this thing of like every deal with him, it was, he'd, he'd come up with a great deal where he'd get like 90% and you'd get 10%. So I'm just kind of setting up some context. So one day he, I had this I've, little- I've known, more, I've known more than one person like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so one day he, you know, I'm in my little cubicle working there and um, he comes back and he's, I forget where he was. And, and um, by this time he had like an internet cafe. And so I forget, I forget exactly how this connection was made, but he met this uh, gentleman uh, who told him, look, I have a relationship with a big computer manufacturer um, and, and I get a lot of leads from this computer manufacturer. But what I do is like these like enterprise, like software uh, engagements and this big 
computer manufacturer when their sales reps get something that's more like, you know, installing some PCs or building a website. Like I don't do any of that, you know, and I want to come up with a deal with you where you're going to do this and you'll pay me a commission and I'll feed you these leads like from this big computer manufacturer. So um, the fiery eccentric (laughs) uh, guy, uh, boss, he, he, he invites me to lunch because his, he can't do any of this stuff. He just doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. So, so this guy said it to your boss, not to you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Just want to be clear. Just want to yes, be clear. Got, yeah. it, got it. So I, I, I said I was going to use like pseudonyms, but maybe yeah. I'll, I'll call it the the uh, the the sophisticated software guy, like David. So David, okay. David says to 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 fiery eccentric boss, like I can give you all these leads. Exactly. Fiery eccentric boss says to me, look, come with me to lunch. Um, you'll do the the work. And then I'll get like, whatever it is, like 80%. (laughs) And then, you know, we'll pay whatever percent to David and, uh, you know, it'll be great. So, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical, but this David gentleman, he was in my view at the time, like being like, you know, 27 years old, he was very like sophisticated. He like, he was an older gentleman. He's like, probably at that point, like late fifties, he had like gray hair. He had like a, a foreign accent and um, like kind of some of the um, kind of the, the traits of success, right? Or, or the characteristics of success. And you have a nice like lunch and he's charming and he explains how this is all going to work. And all right, that's fine. So uh, Fiery Eccentric Boss gets like one or two leads coming in and does his normal thing and gets into like a big fight with like the prospect. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so David like calls me up and he says, you know, uh, Will, like, you know, I really enjoyed meeting you at lunch. um, And, you know, but, you know, I, these relationships I have with this computer manufacturer, like they're like, they're like, they're, they're the heart of my business. And if I, if, if we're, you know, um, aggravating the leads that they give us, they're not going to give us any more leads anymore. I don't have any patience for this. I, you know, I, I told, you know, your, your boss, like, um, we're not going to work together anymore. And I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. I was like, uh, well, and in that conversation, well, you know, he's not really my boss, like, and, and, and you know, I am a separate company, he just brought me in, you know, because, you know, he, you know, I'm, I'm able to do the web work and he can't do it. And so he's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, and um, so why don't, why don't I just work directly with you? And in my mind, like, and I think this is where <laughs> just going all the way back, this is a nine year story. Yeah. Re- you know, this is probably where I made like the real first, uh, the critical mistake was agreeing. You bit the apple. <laughs> exactly. I bit the apple because in my mind, like I was like, A, I was really annoyed at fiery eccentric boss <laughs> and, uh, and, and had been for like, you know, years. And then um and then also i was thinking you know what like i know i can get along with anybody i can get along with both of them and at some point i'll be able to like reconcile and like bring everybody back together okay by by the way this is definitely the adam biting the apple Mm -hmm. moment um what's interesting about this Mm -hmm. is for i was just like you at 27 where i really thought everyone can just get along mm-hmm. it's just a communication problem right and uh and oh there, there's there's always the win-win mm-hmm. and unfortunately right. it takes a few horror stories and growing up to to realize sometimes it's like sometimes you just can't win so you either need to go in knowing it's going to be destructive or stay out of the battle completely exactly exactly and and, and, and also a second good observe learning or observation um uh, based on what you said is i get goosebumps with you just with hearing you biting the apple at at this moment because um uh because 
when you're 27, you, it's, it's not just that you realize sometimes there is no one situations, mm. but it's that, oh, going around someone doing it, that, but that when you're 27, you think whatever, he couldn't do it. I'll do it. Right. Like, like, it's fine. Like he clearly can't do it. He's going to lose the business anyway, mm-hmm. but the human heart and emotion is such so that like anyone, like even no matter how much of an asshole he was and how wrong he was, right. like he'll always be angry at you for that. And this is what we realize now, but you just mm-hmm. can't, it's just, it takes a level of sophistication that very few 27 year olds have and definitely not me at 27. Exactly. To realize and, and definitely not me. I mean, I mean, there are people who, I meet people all the time who say, they don't have any regrets in life. Like I definitely have regrets in life. And this is, this is one of the regrets. And, but and when, whenever anyone tells me that mm-hmm. they don't have any regrets, I either think they're lying to me mm-hmm. or, um, or they're lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey. Right. right. <laughs> so that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so go, go on. So oh yeah, so so David and I, the sophisticated you know software guy, like you know we we start to develop like this relationship, and he would um, he would give me these leads coming from like the big software you know manufacturer, uh, and then I would do those projects, and but there was always like there was this kind of like quid pro quo type aspect to it where like um well like you know um my website his website in this context you know um you know this guy created it for me and he screwed me over and it, it did a really bad job like you know can you like do the website for me oh so and, wait, so the quid so david mm-hmm. asked for the quid pro quo in addition to a commission mm-hmm yeah, in fact, uh, I think over time, like I can't remember, we we were giving him a commission, but it became like kind of secondary. Like the primary component was a lot of these, like what I would call like kind of free services or support or discounted services. So you oh, know, like we, you know, we built like a a website, redesigned a website for him, probably would have charged like another client like $6,000, but, you know, charged him $1,500. <laughs> and so, nice. it, and then, you know, kind of went on like this. He was, um, he was a photographer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted, this yeah. is actually a super, a super interesting situation. And, mm-hmm. and none of my previous interviews have discussed a situation yeah. like this where, often and i've been in similar situations where mm-hmm. what the other person wants isn't really money but instead there's sort of this like quid pro quo or this mm-hmm. unspoken okay i scratch your back you scratch my back mm-hmm. and this is also another risk factor for expo for for explosion because then it's like less clear less documented mm-hmm. and, exactly. uh, and and like the and, ambiguity can lead, can lead to a lot, a lot, a lot, lots of problems. Exactly. And, and so there was a lot of ambiguity. Um, and he, you know, this is kind of just kind of an aspect of it that David was a photographer and he took some beautiful photography. So he had this business website, which was about like, you know, the sophisticated software systems, but then there's also like this giant photo gallery on there. <laughs> So like, like every single week, like, you know, we as in like me and my small team, like, you know, we're, we're putting up like more photos and, you know, it's just like, it's kind of like becomes a bit of a mix between like a personal exercise and a business exercise. Um, But I think we're like the, so the, the positive aspect of it is through David, I got like maybe like four really good clients, like really great, you know, really great clients that I got from them and some big projects like, you know, in the, at least for me at the time, these are projects that are probably in like Mm -hmm. the 30 to, you know, $50,000 like range, which were big, big projects for us. And this is over the course of like, you know, this like nine year, you know, period getting in, um, and the way it would work is like one of those did come from the computer manufacturer. It turns out most of those leads were kind of not that great or they they didn't really pan out. It was more that he was a very like charming 
like networker. <laughs> so he'd be networking all the time in New York City and he'd meet someone and then he'd say, you know, I want you to meet my young friend, Will. You know, he's so brilliant. He's going to help you with this or with that. And so then I'd meet somebody else and that person would be a good contact and would, you know, give me a, a lead. And so, yes. but that lead was always then going to be like the gift from David. Exactly. <laughs> so even if it was like, what, like, you know, I would meet like, you know, George and George was a great guy and we'd develop a relationship. And after some period of trust, George would introduce me to, you know, client X. Well, like David would say, well, remember I introduced you to George. George introduced you to client X, like, you know, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be working for client X. Yeah, so but, but this is a, a really good lesson, by the way, I've yeah. had the same sort of issues with people long ago. And yeah. part of the power of formal contracts is that they force you to think through issues like this. Mm -hmm. Let's define a commission. Does it, mm -hmm. does it go one level, two levels, three levels? Mm -hmm. And 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 their formal structures around this often with commissions. It's like right. only people you introduce me to only for two years. Mm -hmm. And or with a an introduction from an introduction, you know, there's like a commission that's half the size. Or right, like right. There, there, there are lots of ways to deal with this, but when it's the informal quid pro quo, then mm -hmm. then then 20 years ago, I introduced this person, <laughs> therefore you owe me one, bro. Exactly. And it was, and so what wound up happening is because again, okay, like um, I don't think this is like a, a bygone error, but at that time, like when we were developing websites for clients, we would also host the websites. Yes. So I had, I had like at one point, I had like six servers um, at a network you know, a co-location facility, we we're hosting a whole bunch of websites and we hosted, mm -hmm. you know, David's website. And of course, when you host back then, and again, this has changed, but back yes. then when you hosted websites, you also hosted email. Okay. Yes. So, so, so David was, um, you know, I mean, he was very, it turned out he's very high strong. Okay. So I would get phone calls like at any time of day or night. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like before 5 a.m. in the morning, the phone would ring and he'd be like, you know, Will, my email's down, you know, uh, I can't be operating this way. Uh, you're putting me out of business, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, of course, like the email's not down. I mean, we were like not the most sophisticated hosting operation, but, you know, I've got like 30, you know, 30 you know, companies that are hosting email with us, like if the email was down, somebody right. along the chain, either like at the, the network operations center or some alert or like one of the other 29 clients, exactly. <laughs> right? So then he go through this whole like rigmarole of like, you know, you know, are you connected to the internet? Like, you know, exactly. can you reboot the computer? You know, you'd also have the thing <laughs> like in Outlook where he'd be like just clicking refresh on the email, yeah. like, you know, o OCD and it would like time out something. So, it, you know, just like um, all of these things. Unplug the router, replug right. the router. <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know and and there were times too where i mean not it didn't occur i can't say at 5 a.m but there were times where it's like okay all right i'll just like come over to your apartment and like you know fix the computer and it was never like i mean of all of these these incidents with the email which were like frequent like as in if not weekly like every like two or three weeks there'd be like a angry phone call that the emails down like they were you know um the not not one time that i could recall was the email actually <laughs> was the actual down and and it, and it was the same thing like because we did like the you know seo for the website like if there was like a, a and we were managing Google ads for the website, like if there was a, a period of time where the leads had like slowed down or dried up, it would be the phone call. Like, you know, I'm not getting any leads. You're putting me out of business. <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, you're too busy now because George introduced you to this client and, and you're working for them and now you're not working for me. And, and, you know, so it'd be that whole like rigmarole and that whole, you know, ball of stress. And, um, 
And then, uh, you know, I think the worst part for me as a, like a young person when, and I didn't realize any of this, like during the time, like when I was, had this relationship with David, my perspective was he was a, a warm, like charming person. I knew he was, I thought he was like basically a little bit crazy. Like, you know, he's just like a little bit nutty. And like, I would just kind of like not take it personally. Like I wouldn't like, you know, internalize it. Like, cause I knew it was like BS. Like right. I, I would yeah. just like, all right, I just got to like, you know, talk through this whole thing. The part that was really difficult was the, the time suck. Like it was just so much time, you know, and a lot, I just remember uh, at one point I lived in, in Washington Heights, which is in upper Manhattan, um, yeah, 171st street. And on the, on Saturday, I would like take the subway and, you know, we didn't do as much remote back then. So I would like take the subway right. downtown to my office. Cause I needed to catch up on invoicing. I was always behind schedule on invoicing. So, uh, and I go down there. And then as soon as I got there, like inevitably the phone would ring either email problem we needed to plan out a new section of the website or there was like some other project that david would want to like work on so i'd be like spend like two hours on the phone with him and then also there were these he would tend to go on on these long stories like you know he was like mentoring me so he'd tell me some long story like from the past and you know eventually you see the theme most of the stories were he helped somebody this person wound up being ingrateful and now he hates that person <laughs> and like you know what did he do to like get revenge on that person and now he never talks to that person again <laughs> and it could be like it could be a business relationship it could be a friendship it could be you know one time um, he had a, a, a niece who was like 20 years old and she she was coming from you know um, this other country where they're from to visit him and she said how much she loved him and she wanted to spend time with him but when she got there she wound up going out with her friends and so then you know she didn't have dinner with him so then and his wife and so he was so angry that like you know he cut her off <laughs> it's like <laughs> so all you know all of these stories like this and I think like in my mind I was like I think he was surprised, like his wife was the sweetest woman ever. She was just such like an angel. Um, and so like, I think they were both kind of surprised that like this relationship between me and David lasted so long <laughs> because these relationships that he would have like didn't tend to last. And in my mind, I was just like, oh, I'm a... Um, you know, I'm saying this sounds like ridiculous to say, but in my mind, I was like, I'm just a really nice person and I can get along with anybody. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm just, you know, able to like ride the waves and appreciate like the good side and, you know, and, and, and not, not be in conflict. And that's why we're able to get along, you know, despite this kind of nuttiness <laughs> that was going on. So by, <laughs> by the way, I love the story different than yep. the previous one, but it's like it's it's really a, a pain point I've I've also suffered from. And I, by the way, I told myself the same thing. Oh no, I'm an S guy. There's so right. many assholes there. Right. So like that, that's how I justified it and explained it. I think a good learning that I didn't realize when I was in my 20s have mm -hmm. uh, only started realizing in my 30s is some people are just massive time sucks time and energy sucks yeah. and and this is this was a powerful lesson for me with business life and personal life mm -hmm. like there's some people i know outside of business like friends acquaintances yeah. who where there's just like always a disaster problem where mm -hmm. like they just need me to like to help the you know console them and figure it out and talk through it and mm -hmm. and, uh, and on the friendship level when like I love helping my friends and I support them and I like that. And I, I and, uh, and I think I'm good at that. And when 99% of the entire relationship is you doing that mm -hmm. and then zero else, it reaches a point where, uh, where it gets a bit too much. And it's the same in business exactly. where, mm -hmm. where 
here it's a bad situation mm-hmm. and it's a horror because it was a quid for pro. You weren't even making making money in any reasonable way for him. But mm-hmm. even when even when you are making money from someone, sometimes it's just such an emotional and hourly time suck that you're like, dude, the money's not <laughs> keep keep the money. Right, right, exactly. And and I think in my mind too, at that time, I really did see him as a mentor, like because he had a successful company. And he had success, you know, and, and that, and he told me he was going to help me like, you know, figure out like my business problems. And I was like, you know, so confused. And as I'd explained, like not having a real niche, you know, and doing a lot of different things and just also being at that point in your agency where you're like super busy, but you don't have quite enough money to hire somebody or you don't perceive exactly. that you have enough money to hire somebody. So you're very unsure what to do. And or, so we'd or. go out to dinner and we'd have these long dinners. And the idea would be that he was going to like help me solve my problems. But actually what would wind up happening is he'd like tell some anecdote like of some like unrelated story, uh, you know, again, like usually ending with like someone, you know, quote unquote, like screwing him over. And then, and then the, the relationship <laughs> falling apart and we'd never by, get to this <laughs> by, by the way i want to make another yeah. good learning is yeah. is telling stories about people screwing them over mm. and then the revenue you got could be interpreted as a threat mm. like mm. hey if you ever stop showing your eternal gratitude you got one yeah. penny through right so because right. i give you one penny for yeah. the rest of your life you need to be yeah. kissing my feet yeah and if you don't here's how I'll punish you. Like there's, right. there's a bit of, there's a subtle with a subtle subtext there of that. Yes, but like yes. maybe there's a reason why he's telling you a story because yes. he doesn't want you to, uh, to stop being grateful for that one penny he threw your way. Exactly. That's a really good observation. And one that I probably wouldn't even like, I didn't even like verbalize that in my own mind until you said that, but I think that's definitely true. And one thing that he would say a lot about people he had fallings out with is this person was a manipulating manipulator. That was like one of his like big insults. And I really, I can't, I can't tell you Morgan. It's like, it, it took me until after my relationship, like ended with him and then like reflecting on it that I realized like how manipulative he was. Yes. And that and that I was being manipulated like I, I was actually the executor of his will. No, I was, I was in his will. He had no children and he had cut off the niece. And like, you know, so there was really like I was like going to inherit. Did he, did, he at le- did he at least leave you money? <laughs> he would, well, I mean, not after the falling out, but in the will, I was supposed to inherit like the you know the country home and like a whole wow, yeah wait. and some other things this story this story is, is this story is getting exciting we've like jumped <laughs> close to the end so one year what happened it's not yeah. everything business relationship where they where it's in the will to inherit the country house yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and and at some point too like my brother got involved my brother is like even younger than me he's like six years younger and and my brother um he used to do some again craziness don't do this don't don't try to divert don't diversify early because we were still doing that network and pc support and my brother would work for me doing that but in but in in david's case i would say just work directly for him you know, so, and so, so, um, so my brother was going to his apartment all the time, fixing things and et cetera, et cetera. But, but I think what really happened for me is like my business hit like this rock bottom part, uh, point in like 2007, um, I had lost, like we had one developer, um, full-time developer who'd been working for us for like four or five years. He was like a rock star and awesome. And he, and I was actually at this point where I had hired like finally like two um, great like uh, freelance programmers to work with my rock star. And then I was gonna, I was trying to like get get that up to like full time and grow the team. And then I just like kind of missed the timing and my rock star programmer, he, 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 he called me one day and said, I'm sorry, I like I accepted a position at another company. 
you know, and I'm starting in two weeks. And, and at this point we were doing like fair, some fairly sophisticated, like web-based applications with, you know, custom e-commerce applications. And like two weeks was not enough time to transition from like this, this brain, uh, you know, this, this um, brain trust to anybody else. And so it was like extremely like stressful. And in that, in the course, and I should have closed the business at that time. Um, I wound up like through David meeting a company that uh, outsource was like an outsourcing company and they had some programmers in India. And so I, I hired that company. They like completely, uh, thank God, this was a, this was do not, this was like one, this is something that I did that was correct finally, is that um, I didn't, eat, at that point I was like, oh, I just met them. They seem very charming, <laughs> but I have never worked with them before. And I am going to be like a hundred percent transparent with my clients about this company. So the first client that was interested, I was like, you can, you pay them like directly and I'll manage the project and help you manage it. But I haven't worked with them before. So dot, 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 like that w- that actually almost became like a hundred thousand dollar lawsuit between the client and this company that didn't deliver on what they promised. And the only reason it didn't become a lawsuit was because lawsuits are so expensive. It didn't, <laughs> wasn't worth it for the client. And in the, this is a very short version of that story, like a story within a story. But I think it's important to mention because that client and I are still friends to this day. Like they never held it against me because they were completely invested in the decision of hiring this company. Um, But how it impacted me is just more just like like another like wrong turn in this um, entire like period where the business was really struggling. And so I like I I had another uh, company I was. Uh, was introduced to in Minsk and I outsourced some stuff to them and they were did fantastic work. So I wound up like transitioning almost all of my clients to the client and the, the uh, contractor in Minsk I had one other local like New York friend who is a really uh, great programmer. And um, he is the author of some open source like um, modules that we used uh, or programming frameworks and transitioned some other clients to him. And I like exited the web development <laughs> uh, space. And that's how I moved into doing, you know, focusing finally on like Google ads um, and SEO. And, and with that kind of changed, like my kind of, I feel like I don't know, my relationship with David changed. Um, and at, and he got, and I was still doing work for him, but he got this, and this is, so he got this grant from the computer manufacturer where he was getting all the leads from. And it was like one of those marketing co-ops. And it was like, I forget, it was like 20 or $30,000. And he could use some of that for his website. So he said, and they would pay the vendor directly. So the money didn't go to him. So, um, so, but this was the first time, like there was real money flowing from him to Uh. my company (laughs) prior to that. Like there were little things like when we would, when we would upload photos, I would charge him like my cost, like of what my contractor would charge me. I charge him the exact price to upload the photos, but like, this is the first time I was charging him real money to do real something. Money. And like, I kind of knew it at the time, but I was thinking to myself, probably freaked. you know, I was like, I've been doing this for like eight years, working on this website, like, you know, for nothing. And now there's this like free money from this um, computer manufacturer and to redo the site and I'm just going to take the money and do it. And I'm like, there's a, there's a high probability that he's going to flip out because 
now there's real money involved. Yes. And that's pretty much what happened. Like we redid the website. It was like beautiful. In fact, I've tried to like not look back on this too much, but I went to the website today and believe it or not, it still pretty much looks like <laughs> what we had done. I mean, it's changed a little bit, but you know, like structurally, it's essentially like, you know, just uh, like an iterations beyond what we had done. Um, so we, we redid the website, you know, I mean, I had like a thousand photos that had to like be re-uploaded and formatted and stuff and all these other things. And at the end of it, I forget what his complaint was, but it was like, you're get you know, you got all this money from me. I'm not getting leads. Or I met like XYZ at a networking event. And they said that the website was crap or something like that. And, um, I, and so, and I, I wish I could remember like the whole, like big, like fight that we had about this, but it was the first time that I actually like really pushed back on him. And, and, um, he was very, you know, very aggressive, like yelling and screaming, very like insulting. And I was like, well, you know, I just, I don't have like the time or patience for this anymore. I'm not you know, going to like continue this or continue talking to you. And so like I hung up on him and that was like the end. That was like, and I, I remember it too. It was like, I, my dog was like in the hospital and I was or at the vet um, hospital. She was elderly and he was screaming at me while I was waiting for like the vet to come back. And I was just like, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm done. I'm like out. <laughs> and that was the end of, uh, of the whole the nine year. Whole thing. Yeah, nine the whole years. nine years. Yeah. <laughs> One of the interesting parts about the ending is that his selling to the way he sold himself to for these nine years mm -hmm. was that it was all about your relationship with him. Like he'll tell right. you stories, go out to dinner, it's all about the relationship. Mm -hmm. But after nine years of uh nine years of a relationship, yeah. like a penny is involved and because <laughs> the penny's involved he'll kill nine years of relationship right which which actually means the whole nine years of relationship mm -hmm. like it wasn't really about the relationship it was just a strategy mm -hmm. to uh to you know to to save for him to save pennies right and it was and, and i didn't realize it too now i it's very like crystal clear and is um you know he is uh he's actually like a narcissist by like clinical definition like i've read up on narcissism and like one day i was reading an article on the plane like in one of those like plane magazines and it had like a checklist <laughs> how to know if you're a narcissist or how to know if your loved one's a narcissist and i was like if you get like five out of these ten you are a narcissist and i i like he got like 10 out of 10 when i went through the survey <laughs> And, and, you know, it kind of like in retrospect, like, I mean, I didn't, maybe I didn't even know what that term was, but it is a right. particular personality type where what he oh, yeah, understood of me was more a projection of what he wanted me to be exactly. than it was like of who I truly was. Like, you know, yeah. because I didn't really get to talk that much. I was just kind of like a nice like blank slate. I mean, I like, you know, like he would assume my problem was X and try to help me solve X. My problem was never what he assumed it was. It might be something else. Um, and so, yeah, there was like the relationship was more like in his mind and me playing along with it than there was like a real relationship. And that that's like where, you know, again, like, you know, my mistake of not recognizing that and getting into this you know very bizarre situation it's um less bizarre than you would think I've, <laughs> i i haven't been in that situation i have been in weaker like take the five percent strong version of that situation yeah yeah and have had, had comparable ones vaguely comparable ones mm -hmm. what so a few interesting things yeah, yeah on on the narcissism there's definitely a sort of checklist mm -hmm. oh if every single person that you surround yourself with has massive problems and you don't have any, but like maybe the problem isn't everyone that you've ever surrounded yourself with. Right. So there's, but, but what's interesting about that is I've, I'll admit I'm a sucker for Myers-Briggs that mm -hmm. these different personality profiles, there could be truth to it. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, okay, 
someone falls into the narcissist pattern or this mm. pattern mm. or an INTP pattern, right. etc., then like that can help you understand, okay, it's this type of person. So, so I can, I can act in this sort of way mm. and manage them in that, in that, that, that sort of way like that. So this is like, so recognizing these patterns and often mm. like when you're, when you're 27, you just haven't had enough experience in life to be able to smell the patterns as early as you need to. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Now it's so, easy, but you know, you can't go back in time. So. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, exactly. This is, uh, uh, this is uh, a powerful story. So yeah. um, I especially love that you are going to inherit. But I actually, knowing how it ended, maybe you wouldn't, we're never actually going to inherit anything. Right. Like, like maybe that, that sounds like part of part. Oh, of I everything. knew I was going to inherit because I met with the lawyer and the lawyer was uh, a really? very nice guy. Like, you know, and, and, uh, then he was a very straight shooter. Like he was like, you know, like, like he wore a bow tie. It was like very, this persona of like very moral person. I know there are some people who present themselves that way, but behind the scenes aren't, but he was a very like up and up, like trustworthy guy. And um, yeah, I was there. I mean, I signed the papers for like being oh, wow. the executor of the will and everything. So I know I was what I was like, but I, uh, I was like, you know, it's not worth it. Wow. Like I cannot like continue like just, you know, money is not that important. Uh, and it, if it wasn't like this, it was going to be something else. It was just like too much. Now, I think I should have realized that after like two months or 10 months instead, or nine months instead nine of years. nine years. Um, but that, you know, eventually and I did realize it. I want to emphasize the yeah. will point because that's also powerful. One unique, I've never heard of anyone wanting to basically reward someone for work by putting in their will not just putting the will you met the lawyers you signed right, the right. papers so, yeah so like that like i think if i were telling your story i would like build up to that as the, like the climax that's the movie in the yeah. movie version, right right like the, yeah. the, 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 the the critical moment yeah but what's powerful about that is in this narcissist personality mm -hmm. he like he does want to pay you and reward you and he knows you are working hard mm -hmm. he knows you're putting in all this time and he knows he calls you at 5 a.m you're difficult to deal with so he knows he should pay you but hmm, i'm such a cheap <laughs> asshole how can i pay him all the money he deserves mm -hmm. oh with but without actually me having to sacrifice anything oh mm -hmm. i know when I die, <laughs> it's, it's, like, in the mind, it's the perfect win-win. Right, I right, can right. Pay him, he got a freaking million-dollar house. Right, like, 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 like he'll actually get a lot of money. But I actually don't really need to give anything until I'm six feet under. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, those calculations, right? And sometimes you may not be conscious of them, but may, he may not have been conscious of them. But his brain like <laughs> worked it out that it would work would. Uh, wind up that way and, and actually i think for a final point i just want to emphasize what you just said now because mm -hmm. what you said is a minor point but i mm -hmm. think it's important which is you said he might not be conscious of it that often when people like him are completely taking advantage of you nine mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. like very, like not good at all but he may not have been conscious of because we have right. this image of the bad guy. Right. You know, we think the bad guy is, uh, 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 uh. Exactly. I can save him a dollar mm -hmm. and take, I can take advantage of the poor peasant. Right, right. right. But, and, but the, that caricature just doesn't exist. What I think mm -hmm. is much more the case is, in, is, is the case of, of, uh, of how he acts. A little mm -hmm. bit here, a little bit there, then yeah. not doing this little thing, then this little taking mm -hmm. advantage, then this other little taking advantage, and, mm -hmm. and this boiling over time while in his mind, because it's boiling the frog, when you boil the frog, it's not, it's, it's just a <laughs> tiny little degree more of warmth. Yeah. That, that it's not like, I'm not doing an asshole. I didn't steal money from him. It's just one little degree more that's like oh he has time he, mm -hmm. he, he likes helping me he likes my stories mm -hmm. so um so it's uh, so it's it's powerful to remember that mm -hmm. the bad behavior often isn't conscious behavior right, right. i i think that's true a hundred percent like the person doesn't even know <laughs> that they're doing it um, um, so 
And uh, I, so I would just want to mention two other, I think quickly, because I think they like, you know, it was a very bad experience. And I think like, there's that regret because, you know, I, I feel like I, and I was manipulated in this, you know, and taken advantage of, but, you know, um, other than now, like I, I feel like I'm dwelling on it at the moment, but mostly I don't think about it, but the, you know, a couple of things, there were like a couple of people in that time frame that like give some hope, like for me and for humanity in a sense, <laughs> you know, he had like one of the people he introduced me to was this like business and sports psychologist, like a much, he's even, he's much, uh, he was uh, much older than David. And, um, and he had a falling out with this guy kind of like a little bit before his falling out with me. And I forget what it was about, but before that, this business and sports psychologist was just sort of like a, such a respected, you know, individual. Um, and, uh, and so one day after the falling out with me, he sees the psychologist at a business networking event. And he said, you know, I have to tell you what happened with Will. Like he did this to me, he screwed me over, blah, blah, blah. And the business and sports psychologist just said, put up his hand and said, you know, don't, don't talk to me about Will. I know who Will is. <laughs> like, you know, and he's my friend and I don't want it, just stop. And I was like, you know, like that, like, you know, they're, they're just some people who are just really like good hearted <laughs> in a way, wow. you know, and like, and I still have that person in my life, like as a, you know, not someone I talk to, like, you know, too regularly, but just, you know, just that as in like an example. And I think too, like, you know, that was a mistake Wonderful. I made because as bad as my crazy, like boss was like, you know, I mean, I think I wish like when I was 27, like, that's what I said, like, well, don't talk to me about my crazy boss that way. Like, even though he's crazy, whatever, he's still, you know, my friend. <laughs> And, um, and even like coming back, like, you know, every so often the crazy boss would ask me, Hey, whatever happened to that guy? You know, did you still work with him? It's like, yeah, like here and there, he'd give me a project, whatever, but you know, and I never, you know, I, I kept every, you know, cause I, you know, obviously didn't want right. <laughs> to like rattle that cage, but you know, uh, we didn't talk too much and it wasn't so much connected to this, but every so often, and we had a couple of like little like business dealings here and there and, and, um, you know, sat and he was the type of person, he was this fiery, like screaming at us kids about like dunking the ketchup. And we would, you know, we'd have to, we couldn't vacuum. We had to like take tape and pick up lint from the rug. <laughs> it was like crazy. <laughs> but then over in the years, he really like softened. And so he would became like very like sweet and he would like call me every so often. And like when, and he got, um, he wound up very sadly getting cancer and he gave me this like website that uh, he had been working on for many years. And um, I gave him a little bit of money for it. And he, and, he, and he said, how much money do you want to give me for it? I told him the amount. He said, he, um, he called me up and he said, look, uh, I'm going, I'm actually going to hospice. I'm going to pass away. I want you to, the money that you are going to give me, it was like $2,500. He said, instead, I want you to take uh, $2,000 and you give it to my brother and take $500 and go out to dinner with your wife to like the best restaurant that you can find. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, a few comments on that. When you started the story and mm -hmm. there was like the eccentric boss. Yeah. And then, and, and then, and then, and then his friend. Yeah. I didn't know where it was going. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is like, you never kind of know who turns out to be the good guy and who turns out to be the bad, to be the bad right. guy. Right. Like, like in the beginning, it was, it sounded like, oh, the weird boss is trying to take advantage, structure everything mm -hmm. 90, 10. Right. But his elegant friend would be the good guy. Right. But mm -hmm. like a lifetime later, mm -hmm. like you, you, you realize actually, like actually the precise opposite. And I think right. that's, that's a, a very powerful lesson that no matter how good you are at, at sniffing the clues, mm -hmm. life is full of surprises. 
And also people do change both for the better and for the worse. Exactly. A hundred percent. And sometimes the, the outward, like I, we're as a society and I say as a, maybe as a culture or as a subset of our culture, like, and it's not just me, I think others were conflict averse, right? So like the fiery eccentric guy was full of conflict and it makes you uncomfortable and you don't know how to deal with it. But then there's like, the the um the more elegant like you know david character is much more like passive aggressive in a way (laughs) as like much more like a drip here a drip there or manipulative and you know i mean not to say like not every situation you could put into bucket a or bucket b and bucket b is always bad and a is always good but you you know sometimes like this like immediate conflict is actually healthier (laughs) than like a like simmering like let's avoid this let's just you know hope we can we can like you know um uh, like you paint over it type of a a a scenario so that's another you know another lesson in the whole whole and by the way that last lesson i strongly agree with i have to tell people like I'm not passive aggressive. I'm just aggressive. And, <laughs> and like, like to me, like either I'm really nice or I'm really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And like, I think there's a time and a place for both. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I just can't stand that simmering passive, that little comment, that building mm-hmm. anger, like mm-hmm. none, like either be happy mm-hmm. or like get the anger out and like, and like wrap leave or finish right, up right. or yeah. Uh, yeah so exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. any other concluding lessons observations or uh i think the last thing i say is like choose your mentors wisely (laughs) Ooh, that's a good point like yeah just kind of like really step back and evaluate both like who's giving you advice what the the dynamics of the relationship are you know and um you know mentoring type of relationship is it can be much more sensitive than you assume it's going to be, especially if there's some kind of power dynamic, whether it's like an older person and a younger person, or, you know, um, someone with lots of money and someone with less money or someone who's dependent on somebody else. Like, you know, I mean, in retrospect, like, or, you know, this person didn't really achieve what I thought he had achieved. And, you know, I hadn't evaluated it as carefully, like where the money really came from. Um, and where did the money so, really, did you ever find out where the money well, really I, Yeah, from? I mean, basically he, he always had like this very small agency. It was just like him and like one, uh, he had one like programmer working with him. Most of his money was just sales commissions. And then another big part is he had made a big investment um, in, a, in like some stock um, portfolio that just like, just did fabulous and like, you know, kind of like made a couple million dollars for him. So it wasn't like success having come from, you know, taking an agency from, you know, one or two people to like, you know, five or 10 or, you know, it just sort of was a, a different path to success but the path that i was going down was not the path of making a good stock investment and being exactly. paid on sales commissions <laughs> so yeah. so this, that was not is... the best mentor for me <laughs> even from a yeah. completely like non Objective. you know crazy like you know relationship perspective but just on the surface <laughs> yeah this is uh mm. This is another subtle and good lesson mm-hmm. that that for your mentors, like a mentor who's been successful at the sorts of things you want to do, mm-hmm. is like will will setters paribus everything else equal will right. always be a will always be a better a mentor than someone who's successful in some it's stock market or, right, or right. whatever ra- random other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is a mm-hmm. fa- fantastic uh, lesson. Um, after the story, uh, my final question yeah. is after that fight and it ended mm-hmm. since then have you like 
heard about him or like 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 do you know how he turned out or no i mean uh, i mean he was older at the time so i actually older. thought like maybe he would have like even passed away by now i i assume he's alive because his website is up <laughs> i've like avoided you know like kind of like going back Avoid. and looking at oh, it man. i just went to look oh. at it today like once in a blue moon funny enough his brother continued like and even like increased how much um, work he would give us. It was always like very small. It was like, you know, can you yes. update like, you know, a dozen pages on my WordPress site or something. But his brother had continued to give work after that. And I don't know if there was some kind of like subtle, like, <laughs> like uh, disagreement between them that there was why he would continue to, uh, but I didn't want to cut him off after this thing. But yeah, other than that, I don't know like how things turned out for him. Um, hopefully, especially for his wife, who is like such a sweet, like nice lady. Like I just hope that, and it was sad because she, you know, she had she had a more um, functional relationship with me and my wife, and them not having kids they kind of treated us like we were the, the kids, you know, in a way, and we would have dinner with them or, you know, visit with them. And so I, you know, I felt bad because it meant like ending the relationship with her as well, but he was so controlling. There was no way to like, you know, continue being friends with her and have a relationship. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of my hope is that, um, you know, that she's, she's well, and that, you know, hopefully, like, he's also calmed down in the years and, and, you know, maybe, maybe things are better for him now. People change, as we were yeah, saying, about, exactly. about, your, about your eccentric boss. So, exactly. so you never know. Yeah, this is a great story. And to wrap up, I just want to say, in addition to the great and very unique, different than all the other stories, what I, I think my favorite part of the story of, of, uh, of this podcast episode mm -hmm. is your dog on the couch in the background stretching <laughs> the whole time. It's, it makes me want to get back. I know. <laughs> yes, she has the right, you know, she has the right approach to life. <laughs> <laughs> that, that That is the big lesson. Yes. I'm willing to go stretch on the couch now and take a nap Agreed. just like your dog. Agreed. Um, Thank you for the great story. Oh, thank everyone. you, Morgan. And and everyone watching, uh, thank you for making it to the end. And I hope you enjoyed watching or listening as much as we enjoyed discussing it.